are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, happy Valentine's Day. Amen. Thank you very much. I would give my wife a kiss right now, but she uh, had surgery last week and is recovering today. But if your spouse is with you, why don't you just reno and give him a little kiss this morning? It's okay to do that in church. And if you're single and you're looking, just put your hands up and say, I'd like a kiss this morning. And, uh, and uh, we, can go, uh, we can go ahead and just go ahead and find someone with their hand up and give them a great kiss this morning. That'd be great. So we're going to do a little bit uh, different this morning, a little bit of a different message this morning. And um, I've invited some couples in different stages of marriage to be able to come and help me. Uh, so why don't you guys uh, make your way up there, the couples that I invited to come, uh, make your way up to the seats there, and, uh, and we will get asking you questions in a couple of minutes. All right. So as they're making their way there, you know, marriage is... The Lord planned for marriage to be a representation of the body of Christ. And, uh, and Jesus went to the cross. He died for us on the cross. And you know what? The Bible actually tells us to love our wives under death. And um, marriage is a very holy thing. It's a very, it's a very amazing event that occurs. And what happens is there is no... no uh, um, there's no, uh, oh, what's the word? There's no surprise that there's an attack on marriages today and that marriages are, are under attack. So um, I've got three different couples up here today, and uh, there should be a microphone beside you guys if you can grab that. And for you guys there, there's a microphone right here for you. And I just chose three different couples that are at three different stages of life. For here, we have people who are empty nesters. And uh, empty nesters face different challenges that perhaps a newlywed couple would face. And uh, there are people in here who are single, who are at that place of, hmm, I wonder what would happen uh, if I get married. So we have a newlywed couple here, or a fairly newlywed couple. And a person, and a couple that's been married for a little bit in life, kind of that middle, middle ground type of place. So why don't we just start here with, uh, with our, uh, our older senior couple here who've been together the longest uh, out of this panel. And uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell us how long you've been married for. Uh, this is my wife, Effie. I'm Hayward. We've been married for 51 years. 51 years. Can, can anybody in this room beat that, beat 51 years of marriage? <laughs> time, not feeling, time. Okay, that's awesome. We, we got the, uh, the couple that's been married the longest here. And uh, in the middle here, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell us how long you've been married for. Is the microphone on there? Is it green? Is it on? Oh, there we go. 
Uh, this is my wife, Randy. My name is Jonathan. Uh, we have our beautiful daughter, Riley, with us, uh, and we've been married for two and a half years. Two and a half years. And our last panelist here, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell us how long you've been married for. This is Karen. My name's Aaron. Uh, Karen and Aaron Forrest. We've been married since 2010. So as you can see, we have different stages of life, and, uh, and we're going to ask some questions about those stages. And you know what? Feel free just to kind of make some notes and, and, uh, and write that down, uh, some of the things that maybe that it's kind of like, you know, I've always wondered this, or, or we struggle in this area. You know, marriage, uh, I always say that there's no such thing as a good marriage. There's bad marriages, and there's hard marriages, and hard marriages are great because we're willing to work through them together. We've all gone through difficult seasons. We've all gone through the, the trenches. Marriage is not always angels and clouds and harps playing. Sometimes it's like, you know what? I really don't like you so much today. <laughs> but it's willing to work through the difficult seasons and not just to, not just to get out and just say, you know what? We are so done. I love uh, Gary Smalley books, and Gary Smalley is a great author. And uh, one of the things that Gary says is, love is a decision. You know what, it's every day walking in that place and saying, I choose you. And I walk in that place of just saying, God, you are amazing. All right, so let's just start with Effie and Hayward here. We've been married for over 50 years. And, um, you know, Effie, I'm going to start off with you. Uh, you've already told us how long you've been married for. But after all these years, how does Hayward still show you that you're important? Or does he just forget you and, uh, and it just becomes routine in your life? No, he tells me very often that he loves me. There's never a day goes by and I have no idea how many times he just looks at me or gives me a hug and a kiss and says I love you. And uh, he does everything that he knows to do to make me feel know that I'm loved, you know, and if there's anything that he thought or knew that I wanted that would make me happy or, you know, he would just go 100% and try to get that for me. Yeah. yeah, there's not a doubt in my mind of his love for me. Wonderful. Hayward, same question for you. What practical things does Effie do that makes you say, wow, she still, after 50 years, thinks I'm the man? Well, <laughs> everything that Effie does says I love you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just amazing. We have uh, my Valentine's tie, yeah. Um, like, just the, the little things, even. You know, like uh, preparing breakfast. Uh, we, 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 do, we do everything. Uh, we're aiming to please one another. And uh, I am very confident of her love, and she's very confident of mine. That's awesome. There's a book, um, I can't remember who the author is, but it's called Every Man's Marriage. And it just talks about that whole thing about becoming a bond servant. And um, when, we, when we put the ring on our finger, back in the, back in the days when uh, the Jewish culture was, was that of a Jew could never become a slave to anybody. But if a Jew would fall on difficult times, they would give themselves up for a slave, 
but they, the master could not keep them for longer than seven years, and then they would have to let them go. But if they found a place where the master loved them and they, they would really uh, enjoyed their time there, they can voluntarily pierce their ear and they became a bond slave, giving up their Jewish rights to be able to become for life a, a slave to that house. And that's very much the thing of marriage. I think we can get so selfish in our world where we live, uh, we live, the Bible tells us we live as one, but often we live as individuals saying, you know what, what can you do for me and what can you do for me? And it becomes very contract-based. But, uh, but what Effie and Hayward are sharing there is that whole thing of, of piercing our ear or placing that ring on our finger and saying, till death do us part, I will serve you and I'll love you. So thank you very much, guys. Uh, let's go to couple number two here. And um, how long have you guys have been married for? Two and a half years, you said? Yeah. Two and a half years. And I've been told that when kids come along, I've heard this phrase before, the romance is now dead. The child ruins everything. The freedom that you once enjoyed as a couple is gone. Would you find that as a true statement or would you find that as a lie? That is 100% true. Next question. True. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> No, no, no. That's uh, that's that's not the case at all. Uh, you know, I always get a kick when you see uh, childless couples, people that are planning on having a family one day, when they say, "Okay, we're ready to have kids." You're not ready. Nothing prepares you for having children. And that's not to say it's a bad thing. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of horrible things about having kids, like like your statement there, uh, and 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 they don't happen. And you hear some great things, and they may not happen. But the reality is that uh, everything changes. Your entire life you know, uh, becomes a, a new normal, um, you know, and, and about a week ago, my, my daughter was sick, and I was home alone with her, and mom was out, and, uh, you know, I just, we were kind of cuddling on the couch, and I, I felt this, this warmth come over me, and, and uh, I realized she was throwing up on me, and, <laughs> you know, you know that thing where you, you take off a t-shirt that's covered in vomit, and now it's on your face, and, and just, just a, a what would be a horrible situation, and if it was anyone else other than my daughter, I would be upset. But in this moment, I felt nothing negative. I felt, I felt compassion. I felt sorry for my daughter. And, and in moments like that, and, and lots of other moments like that, um, I, I think it really helps us understand on some primitive level the love that God has for us. It is, it is unconditional. No matter what we do, no matter what happens, he, he just loves us unconditionally. And when you realize that, when you have children, it, it changes the way you feel about your spouse. It, uh, it, it, you know, you, you, you can love them on a, on a completely different level that you didn't understand. You know, marriage is not easy. And there's times where, you know, you're going through some tough times. But if you can, if you can just try and mimic God's love for us, for your wife or for your husband, uh, everything changes. And, you know, we're, we're blessed in a, in a few months. We're expecting number two. And, and uh, I, think, I think this time we're ready. <laughs> that's awesome now you, now you said that statement was false um, yet it's still important for us as couples to be able to invest in one another what are some practical tools that you can give us that, that, that you guys do to be able to invest in one another when you have a child that does demand so much time yeah, I guess I I guess I never really touched on that. I kind of went off on a tangent. But uh, I guess with everything in, in marriage and in life, in any relationship that you have, you have to be intentional. 
You yeah. have to, I think actually you, you spoke about this kind of last week. You touched, as, as I was kind of pondering these questions, you said something last week, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was very similar to what, to what I don't know, what kind of dawned on me when I was thinking about this. And like if someone, if someone hurts us, we are very intentional. I mean, as Christians, of course, we never do this. But if someone theoretically were to hurt you, we're very intentional about how we go out to hurt them back. But yet we don't do that for positive things sometimes. So when you have something in your marriage, like, like, like you say, when, when children are taking up all your time and, and you want to still invest in your marriage and in your wife, you have to be very intentional about it. You have to, you have to make time. You have to go out of your way sometimes. Uh, the other day, I just said to my wife, I, I thanked her for being a great wife and a great mother. And uh, she was a little suspicious of my motives. But I told, I told her, I was like, hey, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, I'm trying to pour into you some positivity. Um, you know, and that's something that you have, to, you have to be intentional about. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Some of you may remember Bill and Will Farrell. They were here and they did our last marriage uh, conference. And, and they put out an app for guys, an app uh, that, that, that helps guys to think of creative, one thing a day to be able to speak life into your wife. And uh, I got a text from him on Tuesday saying, hey, we used an idea in the app from Cold Lake, and it will be in uh, Saturday's app. And sure enough, it was. And uh, he said, uh, this comes from Cold Lake, Alberta, from Pastor Lance. He says, when your wife gets out of the shower and you hear the water stop, uh, when you hear her get into the shower, take a towel and throw it into the dryer and uh, let the towel get all nice and warm. And when you hear the shower stop, grab the towel and come and wrap it around her. And it's just like a warm hug. You know, and just, just little ideas like that. Like, we don't have to always be spending money, flowers and chocolates and Especially, I don't buy flowers at Valentine's Day. There's no way I'm spending that kind of money for flowers when next week they're half price. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I say, when you're married to Lance Steves, every day is Valentine's Day, you know? But uh, that's right. But to be, able to, be, to be able to be strategic in our marriage where we just, where we just like Jonathan was saying, be intentional about taking moments and really blessing one another. So thank you so much. And now uh, couple number three. Um, you guys have got uh, different, tell me, give us a little bit about your family as a whole, who's in your family, uh, and, and their ages, and that kind of a thing. Okay, first of all, we have Ella Forrest that is sitting in the back there. She is eight years old. <laughs> we have uh, our other daughter, Amber, who's 19, that has moved out for two years now, and then there's the little one and us two at home. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've been told that when kids come along, uh, uh, oh, actually, wrong question. Um, duh, 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 duh. With a teenage daughter in your lives, how does your role change from parent to more of that of a coach? You know, when your kids are facing struggles, how can you as a parent trust God? Like, I, I've heard from young, par from young parents, like a horror story that, oh, my goodness, when my kids become teenagers, I am terrified of that because they're going to walk in rebellion and my life is going to be changed. How have you guys been able to navigate that as a couple? Well, our older daughter did walk into rebellion. Um, you were there for some of that. And uh, it changes from, uh, Karen and I talked about this the other day, from 
being judgmental and telling them what to do and how to do it uh, to being more, more of sitting back, letting God come into her life and then sharing your own experiences with them rather than telling them what their next step is. Uh, she became, the, became past the point of being able to tell them what to do. And, but every once in a while, they come back to you and ask for advice, and you can, you can share uh, like real-life experiences and, uh, and sort of lead them rather than direct them. Right. And it's worked for us in uh, huge favors. So, so, Karen, maybe I could sort of pick up with that question with you there. Like, moms by nature are the nurturers. And when all of a sudden your daughter is making wrong decisions and wrong choices, that's got to crush you as a mom because you, you don't want her perhaps to make the same mistakes that we have as adults or, or you just know that the road that she's going down is a dangerous road. And, and how did you... How did you navigate that as a mom in your life to bring balance that you're just not going stir crazy, but you're just like, Lord, help? Okay, so um, uh, first off, there, I don't believe that myself personally would have actually survived um, bringing my daughter through her teen years if it wasn't for this church. Yeah. Um, I've always been a big believer in, in reaching out for help when things are, are that tough. Um, and it was, it was the knowledge of <clears throat> the entire body of Christ praying for my child that really saw me through yeah. because it was hopeless in the natural. And at the end of it, I had no choice but to actually just completely let her go. Um, that was the only choice that I had. There was nothing left to do uh, for her. Um, and that's where the power came in, though right? Um, like through a series of miracles, uh, my daughter has come to know Christ. Yeah. Um, she's fighting him every step of the way, but like she's so drawn, like, you know, beyond her, beyond her own willpower, she is so drawn to Christ. Um, it, it's, it's amazing to watch what can actually happen when you, when you wholeheartedly release and, and let the Lord take over. Yeah. yeah. But like I say, like if anybody is going through anything, I so encourage you to reach out because from my experience, we have all gone through like incredible things in our lifetime and there is always someone who's gone before you that's willing to just shoulder that with you. So lots of boxes of Kleenex are available. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, uh, you know, thank you so much for your transparency. I know we're going to get into some other things with you guys because uh, just from a bit of your stories that, that, I, that I know. And, and Amber is just such a sweet girl. And to see, you know what, to see God do what God does. You know, 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us to cast our cares and our anxieties upon him for he cares for us. And I remember asking Rhonda one time, uh, Rhonda Calhoun is a speaker who we've had in here sometimes. I said, you know what, Rhonda, like, by nature, I think I'm a worrier. You know, like if somebody says something that is to maybe many people, like it's a meh, whatever. Like I have a hard time sometimes letting it go. It just goes over in my mind and over in my mind. I'm like, like these are really non-issues. But what would I do if all of a sudden Mackenzie started getting into drugs? What would I do if all of a sudden 
little liberty grows up and starts to go down the road of poor relationships and, 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 and uh, starts to turn to, to boys for love and affection instead of her dad. Like, like what, what would I do? How could I, how could I steward that when, when somebody could just say, your sermon sucked on Sunday, and it's just like, oh, man, like, I'm sorry about that, you know? Like, it's just two completely different worlds where the Bible tells us to cast our cares and our anxieties upon him but how do you do that when it just keeps going over and over and over and over in your mind? Because it can eat at us. And Rhonda told me something that I think was so beneficial. It's like She said, Lance, we need to practice being in the presence of God. And each one of us, we are responsible for our own spiritual walk. We are responsible for the fruit that comes out of our lives. And we need to be people who who press into the presence of God. The Bible tells us that my sheep know my voice. And when we go through these difficult trials and these difficult seasons, I love what Karen said there. I don't know how I would have done it as a non-believer because it pulls at you and pulls at you and eats at you. But to have Christ there and have him speaking life into our spirits and saying, I've got you you know what, I've got your daughter, I've got your son, I've got what is most important to you is also important to me, and we're going to see this come into fruition. And I know, again, there's so many people here, and we're all at different seasons of life. And I know that there's some people here who've gone through terrible stories with their kids and, 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 and di- diff- uh, different things where people are like, you know what, you just would never understand it. It's true. We will never understand completely what each one of us are going through. However, we know that we have that foundation of God that we can stand upon and say, God, you understand. You are the Alpha, the Omega. You're the beginning and end. And Lord, help me to trust you during this difficult season. Uh, Hayward uh, and Effie. Uh, actually, let's start with Effie. Effie, Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Is that relevant for today, or is that old school? And does it have a place in today's culture? Well, uh, I believe it's for today, and I believe because it's written in the Word that it is something God expects us to do. And... Uh, <clears throat> I have no problem uh, submitting to my husband. Um, Ephesians, uh, in verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So if you have a husband that loves in that type of way, there's absolutely no problem in submitting. And uh, I know that every marriage is not like ours, and... Some are in very hard places where there may be physical abuse, mental abuse, all kinds, you know, uh, unfaithfulness. I, I don't believe that God expects a person to submit in that type of a situation. Yeah. But uh, if you have both husband and wife loving the Lord and serving him and, you know, having his love flow through it, it's not a problem to submit. Wonderful. Effie, uh, Hayward, in verse 28, it says, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. 
after living with your wife for so many years, uh, I know that you are a guy who enjoys the mirror. Can you give us a practical example of marriage of how we can deeply love? Well, <clears throat> I, uh, I had a, Effie was talking to our uh, youngest son, Graham, yesterday, <clears throat> and uh, he texted her back something. She was telling him that we were going to be doing this uh, today, and he texted her back something, and I just want to read a little bit of what, what he had texted her. He said, I know love is not just inside, it's learned. What we learn can be a lie or truth. The best love lessons for me is the pure love of two God-fearing parents who love God first. You, you two have been uh, that example for me. Thank you for loving me and modeling for me in how to love like that. And um, really, in my estimation, it's unselfish love, it's honor and respect, and uh, it's love in action. Uh, the things that we do, uh, I, and the things that we don't do, like I am very careful. After 51 years, you get to know a person very well when you're living with them every day. And um, there are things that I know that would push your buttons, and uh, I won't go there. And uh, she's the same with me. We know what each, each person like and don't like, and, and we govern ourselves accordingly to that. But I can say one thing. Um, I, have, I have my faults and plenty of them. But you will never hear about any of those faults from Effie. And it's the same way. I never ever, even when I was a young man and working in lumber logging camps and in the oil field, I never ever engaged in any conversation where people were talking about their wives in a negative way. And uh, it's just a part of the heart. I, I love my wife with all my heart. And uh, the things that I do, hopefully, shows her that. That's awesome. And ladies, I just want you to know, yeah, go ahead. Ladies, I just want you to know that there's hope for your husbands because he says that he won't go there, but it must be a fairly new thing. Because I remember when I first started dating Cindy and I went out to their house and drum heller that the very first time that I met Hayward, he was, he, a moth flew in the house and Effie was afraid. And he grabbed the moth and started chasing her around the house <laughs> with the moth. And she was screaming, running away, saying, Hayward, don't you dare. And she, he's chasing her, and then she runs in the bathroom and locks the door. So he takes the moth and shoves it under the door, hoping it's going to fly up to the light to, to attack her. So that was, that was 20 years ago. So I've been married for 50 years now. So year 30, he caught that. So uh, ladies, there's hope for you. Keep praying and keep interceding for your man. Amen? Amen. Now, uh, let's go with Jonathan and Randy. Uh, we're living in difficult times uh, where staying together as a married couple is not a priority. As believers, what do you hold dear to as a couple? Something that will help you beat statistics and remain husband and wife till death do you part. Our faith is important to us. Um, we like doing couples devotionals together at night before bed. We'll 
sit there and read whatever Jonathan has found for us on his phone. <laughs> um, when we have our disagreements and arguments, we've both committed to not talk about divorce at all. So we make sure we don't mention that at all. Um, honesty and being loyal to each other, always being trustworthy to each other. And our family is important to us as well. We always make sure we have our family time with Riley and take that time together. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. You know, I, I think there's a real key in that. And Cindy and I adopted that into our marriage too. To, divorce doesn't exist. There's times where we get really mad at one another but we'll never pull out the D card, even in a, even in a joke. You know, you have some guys come over, it's like, hey, get me a drink or you're gonna, we're going to get divorced. Or, you know, I've seen different things happen at different homes, but just to walk in that place of honoring one another. So that's a great key for us. Thank you. Now, uh, Aaron and Karen, um, all marriages can be difficult. Has life been easy for you guys? And if not, how have you as a couple overcome adversity? Uh, so... Life in general for us has had a lot of adversities and we've gone through a lot of uh, hardships uh, through which we've made it through. Um, I think like in the flesh, I always want to fix it myself and I always want to, to uh, like just be self-driven to try to fix that problem that we're with. And, and I think maybe that's something men try to do a lot of the time. One thing that I know that saved our marriage and one thing that I'm proud of us is that we are not scared to ask for help. Uh, it doesn't matter what community we've been in, we've been able to connect with mentors that really help us. Uh, we've been to see Hayward and Effie a couple times um, in the last few years. Uh, you know, the answer is always the same. It's always pressing to God. It's always, you know, receiving from Him. Uh, but sometimes we need we need that reminder of that's where we need to go that's where uh, that's where our power comes from um so yeah it, i think our biggest strength is is going and getting help now now you guys um this is where help me you guys accepted christ not too long ago um how long have you guys been believers for um so I've been a believer for uh, ten and a half years. Yeah. Um, and then I met I met my husband shortly after that. Um, and uh, it, I found it really difficult, actually, to sort of keep my my faith walk um, initially. You know, so I I tried the oh I'll just go for the man and turn turn away from God thing. Um, and then, of course, adversity hit, so I ran right back to the Lord, <laughs> um, st stayed with my, my husband, who wasn't my husband at the time, but um, yeah, so it's, it's sort of been uh, obviously a, a hope of mine the whole time, because I really did want a godly husband that was very, you know, uh, deep in my heart, so, and the Lord was faithful in that, you know, in, in his timing. Um, so for, for me, just always knowing that God had a plan and all of this, because at times it's like, oh, I went over and did my own thing and, you know, this maybe wasn't what God had in mind and, and all those sorts of thoughts. But, um, yeah, just for me, always remembering God truly did have a plan in the whole thing because, uh, here we, here we sit. Um, I'll let Aaron share his piece. 
yeah, I believe it was two years ago I was baptized yeah. here in this church. And uh, uh, I'm not saying it's been a, a cakewalk since, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's nice to know that there's a, there's a power, you know, leading us and, and that I can follow. Amen. Amen. Heyward, um, what is one thing you wish you knew 30 years ago that would have helped you to avoid some pitfalls in marriage? When I looked at that question, I, <clears throat> I was thinking, you know, there's one thing always ta uh, when talking about marriage. I've always felt that Usually, I hear so many people talking about the difficult things in marriage that I almost feel like uh, I'm not in touch with reality because our marriage has been so good and we've avoided so many pitfalls. And so 30 years, I was just coming into ministry. We're in thir 30 years in ministry this year. But um, uh, let's go back 50 years ago. That's when I really dedicated my life to the Lord. Effie and I became born-again Christians. And uh, the year before that, we fought like cats and dogs. We fought over everything. Everything was, uh, was uh, uh, something for an argument. And uh, when we came to Christ, we had a good, um, we had a good background in how to live a Christian life, but we weren't... We weren't living that. We, di we didn't enjoy the happiness because we weren't living like our parents were living at the time we were married. And, um, but when I found Christ, when we found Christ, all of that changed. That's not to say we haven't had an argument since we found Christ. That, that, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. But we, we went by the Word of God. The Bible says... Don't let the sun go down on your anger. We've let the sun go down on our anger a few times, but it, it wasn't days. Before the next day was over, we had fallen into each other's arms and kissed and made up and, and told each other that we were sorry. And uh, that is what has, by following the Word of God, that is what has uh, helped us to avoid pitfalls. We really haven't had a real pitfall in our marriage of 50, uh, for the past 50 years. Amen. Our time is escaping us so quickly here. So, uh, Jonathan, what is one tip that guys can take home with them today to deposit love into their spouse? Um, I th what I really like is the, the concept of love languages. Um, figure out what your wife's love language is. Um, one of my wife's top five, there's only five, is receiving, uh, receiving gifts. Uh, and I'm like Pastor Lance. I don't, I don't like to spend money on, on flowers or gifts. I, I'm, I'm Dutch. We're notoriously cheap. Um, but, you know, every now and then you need to, you know, you need to step up. And uh, today I, I uh, recruited an army of volunteers to, uh, to help. These are not Valentine's flowers. These are just because today we're up here speaking about our marriage. Um, but uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, sometimes you have, to, you have to really go out of your way to, to do something that you might not really enjoy, but it's, it really means a lot to your spouse. 
Um, so I want to thank Natalie for the help. Uh, I want to apologize to her husband, who probably wondered why she walked into church with some flowers that, to his knowledge, he didn't buy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was actually really funny because I watched her walk in and then I saw their heads kind of go together and then he nodded a few times and figured, okay, this, is, this isn't something uh, scandalous or anything. So I, I appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, I thought there was something else I was going to say. What was the question again? The, oh, tips, tips, right? Yeah. Tips for uh, new couples. Oh yeah, another thing um, uh, I think it's really important in, in any relationship is don't let your, um, your feelings dictate your actions. Because the way you feel about something right now is probably going to be very different than the way you're going to feel about it an hour from now or a day from now. And, and when we're in the heat of the moment, we can sometimes lash out and we can, uh, you know, do something that we're going to regret. So you have to, you have to be very intentional about understanding that what you're feeling might not be appropriate. Uh, you know, like someone might say something to you and you might feel very upset about it, but eventually you're going to realize they didn't intend it to be offensive. They just, they just said something, uh, you know. And so that's, that's something that I try very hard to do. Um, you know, I'm a pretty impulsive, uh, you know, maybe a bit of a temper on me. Uh, so I have to go out of my way to, you know, to make sure that when my wife says something to me, uh, you know, the, the thing in, in marriage is 99% of the time when your spouse says something to you, they're not trying to be negative. But sometimes we interpret it incorrectly. So you have to be very careful about, uh, you know, not acting on your feelings and, and really try and figure out what is this person trying to communicate to me. Uh, and I think that that helps our marriage a lot. Thank you. And Karen, can you close us out here? What is one tip that you can give ladies today about pouring into their men? Okay, so you had touched on it a short time ago. Um, what I wanted to share is... Uh, really the importance of prayer um and i've been just the path i've been led on has been a, a lot to do with intercessory prayer and um in, instead of uh trying to help your husband in a certain area by like trying to coach him or you know give him instructions or all of those types of things um i found the most value to be to really to to pray into my husband's life um i i do it faithfully um, and with intention, that's been mentioned here. Yeah. And, uh, and just with the vision of, of God's view of what he wants for my husband, um, not what I want. And I've, I've just watched, like, uh, tremendous transformation. Um, that's the only way I can put it. Like, there's just, you know, there's, there's so much power that has been given to us, and it is in the Bible, um, very clear instructions of, of what we are called to do as followers of Christ. And uh, I think with everything in our lives, if we could really step up to the plate and, and, and pour that out, um, we would, you know, we would change a nation. So, yeah. That is so good. We are on the same team, guys. You know, if we can walk away with that alone, that we're on the same team, that, that even when we're at odds, we're still on the same team together to be able to walk in that place. But how many people really do like gifts? Let me just see your hands if you love gifts. Wow, there's a lot of people whose love language is gifts. And guess what? We have a gift for you today. The church has a gift for you. We have, uh, we've got a, maybe Ernie, you can uh, help me out there and get uh, some people. Um, we picked up from, uh, from Promise Keepers a, uh, a bunch of devotion books for couples called Holy Love. 
and we wanted to be able to sow that into you as a church today. Um, I have a hundred of them here, so some people like one for you and one for your spouse type of deal. If you could just take one at the beginning, and then we'll just put them out in the foyer afterwards, and then when they're gone, they're gone. I, I, I totally don't mind that. I just wanted everybody to make sure that they have one. And even if you don't have a spouse and would like a devotional, Francis Chan has written some stuff in here. It's, uh, it's really good, uh, put out by Promise Keepers, so, uh, so we can go ahead and do that. But uh, as those guys are handing that out, why don't we pray for our three couples here? And uh, I hope that you found some nuggets of wisdom in what they're sharing this morning. I just want to thank each one of you for, for opening up your hearts to us today and being completely vulnerable. I know it's not easy, but you guys, all, th all three couples, just were superstars today. So let's just give them a round of applause to thank them. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.